0: Hey, I'm Steph. I'm Alex. And this is Not Today.
1: And we are live. Hello. From Los Angeles. How are you?
0: Great. How are you?
1: I'm doing pretty okay. You know, we had a pretty good dinner. I uh, did kebabs. We love them. I did them well. Yeah. Riding that high. Sure. But uh, do we want to talk about the poll?
0: Yeah. That's available. Let's talk about the poll. So as you lovely people know, we have a Patreon where we have our patrons vote on the bonus episodes they want to hear. So this month's poll has come out, which is the poll for bonus episode number 10. And our options are the San Francisco Freeway Collapse...
1: The freeway collapsed?
0: There was a freeway that collapsed on October 17th, 1989. So it is the story of that, the people but, who survived it.
1: Was it like an earthquake? Like the earth raptured? It was. the freeway fell in? It was an earthquake. You're not kidding. Oh,
0: I'm not kidding at all.
1: Oh my God.
0: Yeah. Uh, Number two is the survival of Ashley Reeves, who was found nearly dead in the woods of Illinois after Samson Shelton, a teacher, had choked and tried to kill her and left her for dead jesus christ and last but certainly not least we have the survival of matthew and shannon mcgough matthew is shannon's father and he had to do all he could to keep her alive while they were stranded in the australian outback so if any of these are sounding intriguing to you and you'd like to vote and possibly hear one of them go over to patreon and let us know i
1: kind of want to hear about the outback though
0: Sure. That's actually the one that's losing, unfortunately. Right now, the freeway collapse is winning, but that can be swayed with more votes. True. Anyways, this week, we are talking about, honestly, kind of something similar to getting stranded in the Outback, someone who gets stranded in the Grand Canyon. Shall we jump in? What?
1: I was going to say it wasn't a grand time, but, you know...
0: No, it was definitely not a grand time. Trying
1: to keep that dad joke in. Yeah,
0: well, it's, it's come out. Here we are. <laughs> it's all right. So let's get started. In the summer of 1975, Linda Skvarna was 25 years old and was preparing to set off on a solo driving trip. Her plan was to spend the three weeks she had off from work driving across the United States.
1: She had a van life week. She did she had a van life three weeks. Hell yeah.
0: Yeah. She was a student nurse at the time and wanted to use that time to kind of escape, just get away from the normal stressors of life. And hey, we all have those days.
1: And she 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 pulled the trigger. She, she really did. She actually did it.
0: Yeah, she did. She also hoped this trip would fulfill her need for adventure. She was kind of a rebel at times, and when she set her mind to it, she would do whatever she wanted, and this was proof of that. So her journey began, and her plan was to drive six to eight hours a day, find a campsite wherever she landed, pitch a tent, and then continue driving the next day. To keep her company on the trip, Linda brought her dog, Coco Gin.
1: Shout out, Coco. (laughs) Yeah,
0: who was, of course, her best friend. Coco Jin was the first pet Linda ever had that was all hers from when he was a puppy, so they were very close. After two weeks of traveling all over the country, Linda had one more thing she wanted to accomplish before heading home. She wanted to hike the Grand Canyon. And as we know, the Grand Canyon is one of the natural wonders of the world, It was ranked as the most dangerous national park in 2021.
1: And why would that be?
0: So as of 2021, about 900 people have died in the Grand Canyon. The leading cause of death is airplane and helicopter crashes, which I hate. Yeah, so the leading cause of death is airplane and helicopter crashes, followed by falling from cliffs, environmental deaths such as overheating, and drowning. On average, about 11 people die per year in the Grand Canyon. We
1: really cannot escape airplane disasters. (laughs) I
0: know. The idea of going to see the Grand Canyon and doing like a helicopter tour and then that is your demise is so tragic. That's not funny at all. It's just like, what? Yeah. And the second biggest killer of the Grand Canyon is people falling into the canyon. And actually selfies is one of the many reasons why people fall into the canyon to their death. And I actually have kind of a personal story with this because I went to go see the Grand Canyon on my drive from New York to California and it's lovely, but my mom and I were trying to get a picture of us, you know, at the edge of the canyon because that's what you do, I guess. And we had a moment where we kind of like freaked ourselves out and shifted and I swear to God, my life flashed before my eyes. I have never been so scared in my life. I've never experienced a sensation like that before, where truly, like my vision went black for a second, like I, because I was right by the edge. Like I was truly, if I even sneezed wrong, like I would have fallen. So, don't do that.
1: Yeah, I'm like I'm good with the the no selfie. Yeah, at the edge.
0: Yeah, I mean maybe
1: I get a selfie stick.
0: Yeah, take my advice and stand a little bit farther away from the edge and then take the selfie. It was really scary. And it kills people, is what we're finding. So after that, the environmental causes are a big killer in the canyon, including dehydration, cardiac arrest, usually from the heat or overexertion while hiking, starving from being lost, freezing, drinking too much water.
1: Wait, really?
0: Yeah, they listed drinking too much water. Flash floods or lightning strikes. And on one particularly vengeful day, on September 11th, 1997, two people were drowned in a flash flood. And one hour later, lightning struck two visitors from Germany on the South Rim, and they actually survived. Wow. Several people have actually been struck by lightning at the Grand Canyon and have survived. Lightning strikes an average of 25,000 times per year at the Grand Canyon.
1: What does it feel like to get struck by lightning i can't like, it's I just, electrifying yeah, okay. like, that's exactly what i was thinking but i kept it in I'm i sorry. learned from last time yeah well <laughs> but i just have so many questions well you know me yeah i'm curious i don't have we the can answers move on,
0: yes other methods of dying in the grand canyon include murder of course getting crushed murder of course well it's... i don't know you it's a pretty easy way to kill someone and just push them in uh i guess so getting crushed by falling rocks Cliff jumping into shallower than expected water, base jumping, eating poisonous plants, getting crushed by a mule or a horse, and seeing a rattlesnake.
1: <laughs> you mean seeing it? Like you.
0: <laughs> you see it and then you die because it. you're so scared, obviously. Are you serious? No, I'm joking. You get bit by a rattlesnake. But these are the various ways that you can be unfortunately killed in the Grand Canyon. But Wait, it's is this lovely. an episode of that one show like A Thousand Ways to Die. Yeah. No, Is that what we're
1: doing. Today? It's not. <laughs>
0: Actually, we're going to go right back to Linda's story. I just wanted to talk about the Grand Canyon and how dangerous it can be. Yeah. Sound good. All right. So back to Linda. Before her hike, she stopped off into a local gift shop to get some postcards. That way she could send some to her family to let her know that she's doing great. On one of the postcards she found for the Grand Canyon, there was a picture of this really huge and beautiful waterfall, and that was incredibly intriguing to her, but she had no idea where those falls were or how hard it would be to get to them, so she asked the man at the counter if he knew of any organized tours to the waterfalls in the picture, and he told her that there weren't any organized tours, unfortunately, but if she drove up to the hilltop campsite, she could make her way down to the Supai village where the falls were. But what she didn't know was to get to the falls required a 10-mile hike each way. After leaving the gift shop with her postcards, she first wrote out a note to her brother and sister-in-law, basically saying, hey, I'm doing great, I love the Grand Canyon, before she dropped it into a mailbox outside of the gift shop and then got back into her car. To begin this journey, Linda and Coco Jin had to first drive to a staging post at the beginning of the hike. But just the drive out to the hilltop took Linda hours. She didn't realize it was going to be that far away, but she was following dirt roads and had to continue following them for somewhere around 35 to 40 miles. Wow. By the time she got there, it was already around lunchtime, which meant that it was quite late in the day to be starting a hike as big as she was trying to accomplish. Yeah, 20 miles? Well, she was planning on spending the night by the falls, so it would have only been 10. But still, a 10-mile hike starting in mid-afternoon is kind of pushing it because once you're out there at night, it gets really dark.
1: I guess it depends. What time of year?
0: It was August.
1: Yeah, that's really pushing it. Yeah. Sundown at like 6? Potentially.
0: But she had already driven all the way there. And right.
1: Are you going to turn back now?
0: Exactly. So without a second thought, Linda grabbed her hiking backpack and started heading down into the valley with Coco Jen. As she started this solo hike down, she felt incredibly small compared to the enormity of the canyon. But she continued on with the plan to sleep at the falls for the night and then head back to her car in the morning. After a few miles into the hike, the trail started to get harder and harder to follow. The signs became way fewer and farther between, and by that point, it was incredibly hot, which was making her move slower. And by the way, these signs that she was following were tiny wooden signs that were sticking out of the ground, and they were very difficult to read because what was written on the signs had been written a very long time ago, presumably, and it was like rubbing off. So you almost couldn't follow the signs. Well, that's fun. Yeah.
1: There's no, like, defined trail?
0: Not really. I mean, there was. Like, she was following signs, but it was getting harder to follow. Like, the the longer she went, the harder it was to actually keep track of it. So by mid-afternoon, Linda was exhausted, but still miles away from the Supai village. She sat down on a rock to drink a little water when she saw a group of two men leading a few mules into the canyon. And Linda had read that this was how food and mail was transported to and from the Native American reservation. So when Coco Jin saw the mules and started barking, Linda just held on to his collar as they passed, not wanting to disturb their trip. But this kind of gave her a sense of safety, validation that she was going the right way. When Linda started back up her hike again, it seemed as if the trail was never ending, and by that time the sun was starting to go down, which is not good. She knew that she needed to get there before nightfall, but she came upon a cross in the road, and although there was a sign in the middle, she couldn't make out what it said, so she didn't know if she should go right or if she should go left. The age-old question. I mean, flip a coin and hope. Basically. So one way led to the waterfall and the safety of Supai Village, and the other way led out into the vast stretch of the Grand Canyon. What, is this a folk tale?
1: Like, (laughs) there was a split in the road. Right. Yeah.
0: Kind of. So for whatever reason, she chose to go right. There was no real reason. She didn't have any guidance. She was like, all right, (laughs) righty-tighty. (laughs) okay i need to stop but after yet another hour of walking there was no sign of any kind of life and she felt like at that point she should have been at least close to the village so she thought about going back to the cross in the road and trying to go the other direction but by that time it was already getting dark and she didn't really have the time so she decided to just keep going forward But once the light had started to dissipate, it became dark very quickly because the walls of the canyon block out a lot of the remaining light. So it's
1: not like when the sun goes down, you have like another half hour or so?
0: Yeah, like once the sun is like out of your direct view, it's pretty much like you're in darkness because the walls are so high and it blocks out the light. And then once it is dark and the sun is fully down, you can really only see the stars. Like even the light of the moon isn't really going to help you.
1: Yeah, that's really weird that it just like all of a sudden happens. Yeah. I would definitely not have known that.
0: No, for sure. By that point, being stranded out there in the dark was a major concern. Her backpack weighed over 20 pounds and was slowing her down for sure. So Linda thought if she left the backpack there then she could possibly make much better time and then make it to camp before it became completely dark.
1: We're going to regret that decision.
0: (laughs) Yeah, but to do that would mean leaving behind her sleeping bag, her food, her supplies, and her only water. She wouldn't have anything but the clothes on her back and the few things that she kept in her purse. Linda, don't do that. With no experience of being out in the wild, she decided she did want to leave her backpack so she put it down and kept walking forward. She didn't think this was completely crazy to do, because she figured she would just come back for it the next morning. Her only priority was to make it to the Supai village and get somewhere safe, but things only continued to get worse. There was no chance of her tracing her steps back to her supplies, because It was completely dark, and she was frantic, calling out for help and wandering pretty aimlessly, because at this point, she was panicking. She was in total darkness, and there was nothing she could do but stop exactly where she was and wait for first light. Her first night out there was devastating. She was completely panicked, and she said the only light down there was the stars, like I said. Obviously, there's no artificial light out there at all. And she said all you could see was just the sky and that's it.
1: I'm sure that in any other context, this would be pretty awe-inspiring but yeah pretty beautiful yeah no not right now
0: no definitely not when you're in a survival situation was
1: she not able to go back and get her pack or was it just completely lost no
0: so what was happening was she put down her bag and then the sun really started to go down and it started to get really dark quickly and she just wanted to find the village so she's screaming out for help so that if anyone is in earshot they can help her and hear her And so she was walking around like really aimlessly, just like looking for help. And so she wasn't really keeping track of where she was going and like where she was turning. So once you're in the dark, she couldn't see in front of her, basically. And so she couldn't track her steps back.
1: Right. Yeah, that really sucks.
0: Yeah, definitely not good. The story is a bit of a what not to do. And she's (laughs) actually said later on, like, you know, after reflecting on her survival she's like i definitely have learned all the things that i did wrong and there was a lot of them so <laughs> you know it's just i made many mistakes so she acknowledges that like she didn't do this the right way but she didn't know any better she was just like a naive 25 year old who was trying to have an adventure and like that's really it
1: yeah and i mean you're not a survival person no you know, i don't know there's always this air of like oh we'll find civilization right right
0: Exactly. So she's in the dark and she's lost and she couldn't help, but think about all the terrible things that could happen to her out there. Not only that, but the temperature on the canyon floor plummets at night. She was completely unprepared for the cold. She did bring a sleeping bag in her backpack, but as we know, she left it on the ground somewhere with all of her other things. Her only source of comfort was cocoa gin. So at least the two could cuddle together and he could give her some kind of warmth. So that's a positive. And she cried off and on through the whole night because she was so scared, which is not something she could really control at that point. But that was really only making her situation worse because the more she cried, the more she dehydrated herself and she left her water with her bag. But she's not thinking about that. She's just scared. Right. So that brings us into day two. The next morning, when the sun came up, Linda really didn't have a good idea as to where she was or even what direction she came from. She was so panicked the night before and wandered so quickly that she had lost all sense of direction. She was completely lost in the maze of the Grand Canyon Valley, which is around 2,000 square miles of barren wilderness. She didn't really have any other option than to just search for a trail and hope to find her backpack on her way out but nothing looked familiar. She followed multiple trails that led absolutely nowhere. She said she felt like a rat in a maze. She kept hoping that she would see someone or a low-flying plane, but neither happened. She did a lot of screaming and hoping that anyone could hear her, and she figured that sound would carry pretty far in the canyon, but again, no luck. By mid-afternoon, the temperature in the canyon rose to over 100 degrees, and neither Linda nor Coco Jin had any food or water in nearly 24 hours. In these conditions, humans need around two gallons of water a day, and she was a nurse, so she knew that she needed water very soon. She knew that she could live without food, but at the rate she was sweating, she needed to find water fast. That's when real fear had begun to set in, because She knew that she and Coco Jin were in a really bad situation, but she also said that she was extremely glad that she had her dog because he kept her from completely falling apart. She would talk to him and apologize for getting him into this mess and told him that they would find their way out. So it was kind of like she was giving herself a little bit of a pep talk, but just talking to Coco Jin, you know? Right. But by early evening, she realized that they were still completely lost and they were going to be in the valley for at least another night. The second night was even harder for her because at that point, she was getting less and less hopeful that she could find her way out on her own. So now it became someone needed to find her or she and Coco Jin would die. By day three, Linda knew it was Monday, which meant that she had survived the weekend out there, but she still didn't have any water. Every year, around four people die of dehydration in the Grand Canyon, and in that heat, Linda would be lucky to survive another day. Her mouth, her nose, and her skin were all extremely dry, and she was moving very slowly. She was desperate to find a water source, but out there, they are very few and far between. But she got her first glimpse at good news that day when she stumbled upon a small wet spot on the ground she saw that there had been a steady, slow drip coming down from a rock, and she wasn't even sure if it was real at that point, but she got closer and saw that the ground was in fact wet, and cocoa gin started lapping at the moisture. She looked up to see where the water was coming from, and there was a very small stream of water about 15 feet above her head that was dripping down. It looked as if it were coming straight out of the rock and the water was trickling agonizingly slow. So it was really just like a couple drips every minute. She wanted to figure out a way to catch the water. So she began rummaging through her purse, which is when she found a zip-up plastic eye case. So she figured she could lay it down on the rock and let the drip fall into the eye case. And after some time, she should have enough to get at least a sip. It took somewhere around an hour for Linda to get just one cup of water, but something was for sure better than nothing. Before, her mouth was so dry she could barely speak, so this was a big win. Linda knew she still had a huge battle ahead of her, so she used that time to regroup and take care of herself a little bit. Her feet were completely swollen, and she had blisters that were breaking, and she was completely exhausted. So she decided she'd stay there for the night, and because of that, the water she did manage to drink was what kind of brought her back to life. The next morning, Linda looked through her journal that she kept in her purse and realized that she wasn't due back home until August 13th, which at that time was 10 days away, which meant that her family wouldn't be worried until 10 days from then, at the earliest, Not to mention, she just sent her family a postcard saying she was all good and having a great time just four days prior. Nobody knows. Yeah. I mean, it's not like she had a cell phone. I mean, even if she did, she's in the middle of the Grand Canyon, probably no service, but she didn't. It was 1975. So on day five, Linda decided she needed to hike away from the small spring and search for a trail out of the canyon. But she also made an effort to keep track of where she was going, because worst case scenario, if she needed to get back to the spring, she could hopefully find her way back. Which was a good call, because she did need to find her way back to the spring many, many times. For another six days, she did exactly that. She would search for a trail as far as she could, and then she would go back to the spring. Which leads us to day 11. She searched in every direction, but every day ended in severe disappointment. By that point, she was trapped in the endless maze of the canyon, and she felt like she would never get out of there. By day 12, it was a wonder that she was still going. The only thing that kept her going was her sheer mental strength and her will to live. She had survived 12 days with no food and very little water. By that point, her body was starting to wither away. Literally, her body had used up all of its fat reserves and was actually eating itself. And she was very aware of how quickly she was losing weight just from how her clothes hung on her body. She thankfully had a belt on, so every couple of days she could just adjust it to be smaller.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's when you tighten it, that's just... Uh,
0: Not a good feeling, I can't imagine, yeah, you know?
1: Yeah, I mean, you really
0: realize. Yeah. She was definitely losing a lot of weight, but she hadn't eaten in 12 days. Yeah. So, of course, you know, and she's sweating and it's not not a good combination of things. But that day, Linda broke. She had been sitting by the water drips trying to fill up her glasses case. And after two hours of filling it, Coco had run up to get some water and knocked it over, which completely sent Linda over the edge. She was definitely upset and screamed at Coco, which scared him and sent him running off into the canyon. She immediately felt guilty and got up to go after him. And she was terrified at the idea that she could be left alone out there, but he was nowhere to be found. So after going back to the water source that afternoon and seeing that Coco wasn't there waiting for her, she realized that she may never see him again she was completely devastated. She lost the only companion she had down there, and now she was completely alone. That night, a violent storm blew into the canyon. Linda managed to make herself a shelter between two rocks by putting up shrubbery across the top to make kind of a roof, but that didn't last very long because as she was trying to doze off, she heard some rustling in the bush nearby her shelter. And Scared that it might be a deadly predator like a rattlesnake, she threw a handful of sand in the direction of the sound, and as she did that, she heard a sharp hissing sound. So it oh, definitely fuck was. fuck no. Yeah, it definitely was. So she decided to abandon the shelter and go out into the downpour.
1: Oof. I got... I shivered. You got the chills? Oh, I fucking hate rattlesnakes.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't think that's a very hot take.
1: Yeah. <laughs> hot take? <laughs> Yeah, no, at night? No, no, no.
0: Any time of day, really.
1: I know, it sucks she doesn't have Cocoa with her anymore. I feel like the dog, like, I don't know. They have an energy.
0: They have an energy about right? them. Yeah, but, I mean, it's possible Cocoa could have scared it off, but also it's possible the snake could have bit Coco, you know? It's true. But anyway, now she's sitting on a boulder in the pouring rain, which I guess is like, okay, maybe you could open your mouth and drink some water, but you're also freezing and now have to deal with hypothermia. Well, drink up. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess... That's all you can do. Try to make the best out of a really terrible situation. Yeah, it's not good. She was soaked and freezing and didn't have any shelter. And as she sat there, she tried to keep her mind occupied because at that point, it was a real test of mental endurance. She said some prayers and started singing to keep herself busy through the night, because that was really the only thing she could do, because she didn't even have cocoa anymore. I wonder what song she sang. The girl in the video I watched sang Amazing Grace, but that was a reenactment, so...
1: Yeah, that seems a little depressing.
0: Yeah, it's pretty... I mean, she's in a pretty depressing situation. I know,
1: but, you know, you'd imagine you'd be singing, like, some 60s rock or something. It's the (laughs) 70s, right?
0: Okay, well, why don't you call her up and... Let her know. Beatles? I don't know. (laughs) Give her give her some some suggestions. Make her a playlist. Give her a mixtape. This would be really funny if somebody's
1: like going over every mistake that she made and she's like, Well, the real mistake that you made was singing the Beatles' first album. (laughs) Should have sang the (laughs) second.
0: So stupid. By day thirteen, she was still continuing to do the daily hikes to try to find her way out, but she could only manage an hour of hiking before she was too thirsty and needed to head back to the stream she was trying to walk underneath rock hangings to avoid being in direct sunlight during these hikes which is when she discovered an empty glass vodka bottle with a twist cap in the sand big win huge win because now she could fill that up and have a portable water source and hike even further It took hours and hours to fill that vodka bottle up since she needed to fill up the eyeglass case and then transfer it into the bottle. But this was the first sign of hope that Linda would be able to get out of there. With the bottle full of water, she left the camp with no intention of coming back. Her plan was to just keep going as far as she possibly could. She was in a very positive mood that day because she had decided that she wasn't going to just lay down and give up. She was going to do everything in her power to get out of there. She was only 25 at the time, and she knew that she had a whole life ahead of her, so giving up wasn't an option at that point. She wanted to try and get to higher ground because she figured if she could see further, then maybe she could see a way out. By that point, it had been two days since she left the water source, and it had been 15 days since she initially got lost. She started climbing up the side of the canyon that was very steep, but still not so steep that she couldn't kind of climb it, which is when she realized just how weak she had become because she hadn't had any food for that long and it like was really taking a toll. She was trying to be careful though, because her coordination was really bad. And by climbing up the side of a canyon, she was really risking breaking an ankle or something much worse. Also, she had her purse with her that had the glass water bottle in it, so she really didn't want to drop that. But with one wrong step, her foot slid and hit into her purse, sending the water bottle out where it hit a rock and smashed. No. So no more water. She was really far from the actual water source, and now her bottle was gone. She was definitely extremely mad at herself, but she decided to just keep going up to see what view she could get from the top. But when she made it, she realized her efforts were completely wasted. She barely had a better view than what she had on the canyon floor, and she was basically looking out to nothing but dry canyon. Absolutely nothing suggesting there was any life nearby or any kind of landmarks. But as she looked around, she spotted a group of wild horses, which was a relief because she wasn't alone, one. And two, if there were animals down there, they must have been getting their water from somewhere. The other hopeful thing was they may not have been wild. There could have been someone somewhere hurting them. This definitely gave her much needed faith that she was going to survive.
1: Yeah, she needs a win right now.
0: Uh, yeah.
1: After dropping the bottle, I can't imagine how that feels.
0: Oh my god, Just that must have been the soul. most devastating thing. Yeah, It's been 15 days, and she finally like made it farther away from the water source, and she dropped her water. That's a sick joke. Yeah. She even started thinking she could try to get a hold of one of the horses and ride it out of the canyon, because she was kind of losing her mind at this point. But that was completely unrealistic because she could only get within like 50 feet of the horses before they'd move away from her. And also she was like so extremely weak that even if she got close, there's no way she was going to get on a horse.
1: That would be an incredibly baller way to get out of the situation. It
0: would. It would be really cool, but that's not what happened, unfortunately. So after a while, she did lose sight of the horses... And she was completely alone again, but she did manage to walk in their direction, which was good because that direction led her to some small pools of water. These small pools were brown, and when she looked down into it, she could see that there were a bunch of insects on the top of it, but she didn't really have much of a choice. The water tasted bitter, but she knew that it would at least get her through another day. She was able to drift in and out of sleep that night, but she started to have nightmares of animals coming and eating her eyes out, which definitely does not sound very fun. By day 18, all Linda could think about was food. She sat against a rock and just wrote out dinner menus in her journal. By day 19, Linda decided she'd brush her hair for no other reason than to just pass the time. But as she sat there, she heard the sound that she had been waiting to hear the entire time. She heard a helicopter out in the distance, but it was close enough that she could hear it. Back in Pittsburgh, when Linda had failed to show up for work, her family had finally realized that she was missing. And because of the postcard she had sent out, they started their search efforts in the Grand Canyon.
1: Yeah, I mean, maybe the thing... The thing that saves her is the postcard, but it it also made it so long between when they knew.
0: Yeah. The thing that did save her is the postcard, for sure, because they knew where to start searching. They never would have known where she was. I mean, she was driving across the country. She was only really keeping in touch here and there with letters. It was weeks of a trip. They had no idea where she was.
1: Yeah, very true. I'm just saying, like, once you get that, you're like, oh, she's fine.
0: Right. I mean, until she doesn't show up, and then there you go. You start the Grand Canyon which is what they did. So Linda got up from where she had been sitting and saw the helicopter and began waving and screaming, but it unfortunately did not see her. She was next to impossible to spot in the canyon because she was so tiny down there. Linda's brother and sister-in-law, Kathleen, had joined the search and when they pulled up to the ledge that she had started from, they found her car. It had been broken into, but it was still there, which obviously was a bad sign since she had been there for almost three weeks. When they started their search, her family was told that there was almost a zero chance that she was alive. Not only that, but there wasn't even much chance that they would find her body at all. But they set off into the valley, taking the path that they thought Linda took which is when they realized that this was going to be very hard because everything looked the same and the paths weren't marked with anything except for the occasional old wooden sign that was nearly impossible to read. Finally, they arrived at the cross in the road with the sign where Linda mistakenly turned right out into the wilderness. And when they saw it, they decided to go left toward the Supai village away from Linda. They were definitely worried for her, because now that they were seeing firsthand where she had been stranded, their hopes of finding her were getting smaller and smaller. Linda, who had just seen the helicopter miss her, was completely devastated, and by that point she was convinced that she was going to die out there, which meant that her only way out was death. So she decided that she would find a place where she could lay down to fall asleep, and hopefully she wouldn't wake up. So she found a small dead tree that she decided was good enough, and as she lay there, she thought about how if she could just die in her sleep, that would be the most peaceful way to go. But at the same time, she thought about how if she didn't make it out of there, her parents would never know what happened to her. Her mother had lost her little brother, so the idea of putting her through more trauma was really devastating. But after 19 days of battling to stay alive... She had finally given up. On the morning of the 20th day she was out there, she woke up to the sound of voices. It almost seemed like her mind was playing tricks on her, but when she saw men walking around a bend, they began running toward her. It was four Native American men who had noticed footprints in an area of the canyon that tourists are never in, and using traditional tracking methods, they were able to find her. Isn't that cool?
1: Whoa, I mean, what, what are the methods? Do you have any? I
0: mean, they followed her footprints. I don't know. They just literally followed the tracks. Oh,
1: I just didn't know if they had their own way of doing it.
0: As far as I know, they just followed the tracks in the sand.
1: Well, fuck yeah. Yeah,
0: right? She said by the looks on their faces, she knew they were stunned to have found her alive. They managed to carry her out of there and to the nearby village where her brother and sister-in-law had already been waiting. Kathleen said that Linda looked amazing and terrible at the same time. She was so happy to see her alive, but she had lost so much weight, she was basically skin and bones, and her face was completely cracked and covered in blisters from the sun exposure. But the three of them grabbed onto each other so tightly and just sobbed. And then the best surprise of all, the local men had also found Coco Jin wandering in the canyon, and he ran up to Linda. I mean. Isn't that incredible? This is a great ending. I know. You couldn't write a better ending. Let's throw a party. Literally. So Linda knows now all the things that she did wrong during her time out there. And to this day, she can't figure out why she was able to survive despite everything. She said the only thing she could think of was that it just wasn't her time. She also managed to make a full recovery and since then has gone on to get married and raise a family. And that's all the information that I have on where Linda Skvarna is now. But that's her story. Isn't it wild?
1: Yeah, that's crazy. So she was out there for a total of 21 days.
0: 20 days.
1: 20 days. I mean, that's really close to what the...
0: Not being able to eat food.
1: Yeah. Yeah, How long you can go without food for. Yeah,
0: it's like a month, right? Like 30 days.
1: I thought it was 21. Oh, maybe. I thought it was three weeks. I mean, if she's like hiking all the time
0: that's too. true yeah she was
1: that's crazy and then this one outpost in the middle of the landscape just has a drip just of water a, a,
0: like literally just a, a drip of water like steady but like not quick like she had to sit there and let her eyeglass case fill up for hours before she would get any kind of water crazy
1: yeah but imagine she didn't have that she'd have to like lay under it
0: yeah for hours jeez you'd go crazy
1: uh, yeah this is incredible. And then she even, she finds the bottle, right?
0: <laughs> and then <laughs> drops have it. We a moment. <laughs> we drop it. And then promptly drops it. Uh, promptly. Promptly drops it. Firmly grasp it. Yeah. Um, there actually is some other Grand Canyon news that I have, if we are interested. Okay. So something that literally happened on October 24th, so a few days ago, is tourists got stuck 200 feet underground after a cavern elevator broke at the Grand Canyon and there was an emergency staircase, but they weren't able to climb it for whatever reason. So after spending the night down there and like almost 24 hours, basically, they needed to be pulled up the shaft with ropes one by one. And they, and thankfully everyone did make it out fine, but that happened literally like a few days ago.
1: Dude, like literally just a rope. Yeah. No harness or anything? I mean,
0: probably a harness, but they had to pull them up one by one with like ropes. Wow. Isn't that I, crazy? 200 so, feet down. That's so wild. Down like an elevator shaft.
1: Yeah, no, I was imagining somebody, you hold on and then you get 200 Ooh. feet up and if you drop, you that's drop. That's definitely
0: know? not what happened, but that's a very exciting way to think of it. <laughs> or terrifying? You choose. That's terrifying. Choose your adventure. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that literally happened. So I... I Should the, we still go? Yeah, I was just like, going to say, we've been planning on going to the Grand Canyon because it is so beautiful, but it's just so dangerous. Like, what the hell? I know.
1: We're going to need to make a checklist.
0: But I, I guess that's kind of like you could think about that for any national park. Like, national parks are just dangerous. Like, the I wilderness mean, is dangerous.
1: You could think about that for any city.
0: Yeah, any place you go, like, could theoretically be super dangerous, but you just got to, like, be smart, not leave your backpack in the middle of the Grand Canyon. Yeah. linda no linda, but it she-
1: <laughs> was not your finest moment no
0: it wasn't but it's okay she learned and she had a water bottle she didn't even bring the water bottle that's ridiculous yeah. like she had her like crossbody purse she could have just put the water bottle in the crossbody purse but she didn't
1: yeah i know yeah that but i mean i totally understand because if i was panicked i feel like like i see her logic no i do too you know yeah and if you're panicked and not thinking straight it just happens and then when you wander and you can't find the pack you're just screwed
0: yeah especially when you're not well versed in like nature like the ways of the wilderness you know like you're just a 25 year old on a like a solo adventure drive of the country and like you want to go on a hike you know like sure she had a backpack with a sleeping bag and a tent and like some food and some supplies but she wasn't like a wilderness man you know what i mean (laughs) Yeah, or a wilderness woman like she just was not prepared at all. She didn't know anything about it. She was just like waterfall. I want to see it. <laughs> like,
1: yeah. Oh, I mean, and I get it. Is we the all thing, get it, right? Yeah.
0: But yeah. anyway, that's her story, and I just I thought that it was crazy, so I wanted to share, and here we are.
1: Here we are.
0: But anyway, what's your good thing this week?
1: My good thing this week is that I went golfing for the first time since I had stitches. Hell, yeah, so that was fun. It was good to be out in the course. Love it was a that. short one. It was a short course. It was just beautiful. It was like right before the sun went down. But there was this guy in our group who who was golfing with his wife and was like talking shit about her game to me, a guy he had just met like while she's like fifty feet away. That's so shitty, and I'm like,
0: it's what so is gross, happening? yeah, I know,
1: and I'm like, what is happening that you're just talking shit to a stranger about her golf game. I'm like, she's clearly, you know, a beginner. Yeah. And, you know, this might not be her thing. You know, sure. she just wants to get outside with her husband and, yeah. you know, have a good time. That's what I thought. And yeah, of course. I was like, course. you know, amen, more power to her. But he's like, oh, yeah, she used to be way better. Oh, and I was like, dude,
0: up. who cares? That's so gross. That's like when people make jokes about like, oh, the old ball and chain. And it's like, okay, do you hate your wife?
1: I don't know. It's kind of seemed like it at least a little bit.
0: Why just don't be together if you hate your wife? (laughs) Like, stop.
1: I know. But like, I even would have expected the angle more so. But the angle he kept going was that he was just apologizing or commenting on her golf game.
0: That's very stupid. And I'm like, who cares? That doesn't doesn't align. That doesn't align with our good thing. pattern the good thing is the you went golfing
1: that's correct i had a good time to that guy yeah <laughs> but like i had to talk about it, it was yeah. just so weird i was yeah. like what is
0: happening ridiculous um my good thing is that we went to trivia last night uh at this local sports bar that we go to sometimes and we're so bad at trivia but like i like going out and seeing people you know i'm going for the social aspect but i don't know shit Oh, we're so bad. We were so bad. We were like, woohoo, we got seventeen points, and then the the top team had like forty seven. We were like, oh shit. <laughs> like, yeah, I know. More we than suck. That. <laughs> I feel like I
1: contributed maybe three questions. Yeah, like I wasn't helping all that
0: much either. It yeah. was it was fine, but that's my good thing. Anyways, thank you guys so much for listening. If you would like to look at all the pictures we post of all the stories we talk about, check us out on Instagram at not today underscore podcast. If you would like to vote on the poll that we just put up and hear a bonus episode this month, check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash nottodaypodcast. If you have a story of survival that you would like to share with us and possibly hear on an upcoming listeners episode, send it to todaypodcast at gmail.com. We have a TikTok that is not today podcast and a Twitter that is not today podcast, but the T on the end of podcast is a three.
1: Because that makes sense.
0: And just keep breathing. Yeah. Yeah.